0: Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it. And I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my newest podcast episode, I'll let you in on a few hidden growth drivers that I believe are impacting the energy and nootropic product categories and explain how that might increase the value of the Energy 3.0 era. But before we get started, I would love if you took 48 seconds out of your day to leave a rating or review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. Are there evolving sociological patterns that could be driving the massive growth of energy and nootropic products? So I'd argue that the consumer interest in caffeine has never been higher. I've seen a collection of recent surveys that state between three-fourths and more than four-fifths of American adults consume caffeine daily. While coffee has been powering Americans before America was even a thing... More recently, consumers are increasingly grabbing some of the other kind of energy-everything product categories. And it makes sense, right? We live in the age of the endless aisle where there are more options in every CPG category than during any other point in history. It's that proliferation of caffeine-containing products and them being well-entrenched into the lives of most Americans that's causing Energy Everything to become a certified consumer movement. Whether hitting the gym or staying at the top of your game during busy work weeks or maybe simply preparing for weekend activities, consumers continue to reach for energy drinks and energy supplements that are packed with caffeine and oftentimes nootropic ingredients to provide a physical and mental boost. Now, I've recently mentioned that if the 2022 quarter four is any indication of what will play out in 2023, the U.S. energy drinks market will likely hit an astounding $20 billion. Moreover, growth in pre-workout powders more broadly with energy supplements and the nascent cognitive-enhancing nootropic market, we'd need to add in a handful of additional billions of dollars in U.S. consumer spending. Since energy drinks are the biggest component of this subject matter, I'm going to assume that focusing on the more obvious changing consumer dynamics through that product category will be the most valuable. Now, if you've been living under a rock, though, for the last like five to seven years, you might be surprised to hear that the US energy drinks market is no longer just sugar filled, carbonated caffeine water products with brands marketing and being aligned with extreme sports, and also utilizing imagery of bikini models. Now, some of that still goes on, especially when we're talking about some of the legacy brand players, but there are maybe five major shifts within the U.S. energy drinks market that's worth mentioning quite quickly. The first surrounds the fact that this beverage category in America is now 27 years old, so any of the early consumers of energy drinks are now Gen X or older millennials. So someone in their mid-30s to upper 40s isn't influenced by the same marketing or the same packaging or maybe even the same product attributes, yet they are still buying a lot of energy drinks. So to piggyback off that one, the second major shift is around that health halo and product attributes. Now, Energy 1.0 was those sugar-filled carbonated caffeine waters. Now, Energy 2.0 was zero-calorie carbonated caffeine waters. But Energy 3.0, which is where we are today, is all about performance energy drinks, aka those with nutraceutical ingredients, and or clean energy drinks, aka those with natural ingredients. That also aligns with a third major shift towards diversification of targeted consumers, for those more functional energy drinks, which would be the highly desirable esports or gamer consumer cohort. Another, even more highly desirable consumer cohort that's driving major changes in the energy drinks market is the female consumer. And then finally, you are seeing more focus being put on certain ethnicities, be that from certain flavors or packaging designs or even marketing campaigns and sponsorships. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So again, to reiterate, the U.S. energy drinks market is no longer driven by the 18 to 29-year-old white male consumer cohort. Instead, a variety of intertwined demographics and psychographics are driving the growth in the energy drinks market. But since this content is intended to cover more than just energy drinks, I want to shift into breaking down two hidden growth drivers that I believe are accelerating the popularity of energy and nootropic products that are focused on improving physical and cognitive performance. The first hidden growth driver is hustle culture. It's this concept that centers around working harder and faster than everyone else. One that makes you feel like if you don't keep up with the pace of life, then people will leave you behind. Hustle culture has taught us that there's always more. So there's more money to make, a bigger title or promotion, and a higher wall to climb. Now I'm not gonna be the guy that says hustle culture is toxic because I believe working your ass off, increasing your productivity, and dedicating yourself to work can create unparalleled upside if you're optimizing for career success. Now, success is defined in infinite ways. So All that hustling can come at a cost. As so many people found out during the last few years, being a hustler in a chaotic environment involves paying a huge personal price. Your body and your brain were built to handle these physical and psychological stressors of continually hustling. But you can likely see where I'm going with this. Good, bad, or ugly hustle culture is a hidden growth driver of energy and nootropic products because of the simple fact that something exists that can give consumers a possible mechanism to achieve more within their daily lives. Now, the second hidden growth driver of energy and nootropic products is kind of adjacent to hustle culture, and that's what I'm calling the keeping up with the Joneses effect. Animal brain thinking, the need to fill a void, or the desire to simply impress can drive people to irrationally overspend on material items. Subconsciously, humans look at all those around them for confirmation of their social and economic status. Whereas a peacock fluffs its feathers, humans flaunt their material possessions. That feeling of being in this hamster wheel competition isn't going away anytime soon in America. If anything, social media has made it a thousand times worse. So how does this more, more, more mentality converge with energy and nootropic products Like its impact within hustle culture, the simple fact that something exists that can give consumers a possible mechanism to achieve more within their daily lives is highly desirable. But for this final part of the content, I want to consider the before-mentioned shifting marketplace dynamics and the hidden growth drivers to talk about what's next within the energy and nootropic categories from a product attribute perspective. Firstly, and just to kind of get this out of the way, yes, the basic legacy products will continue to have a place in the market near term. Now that's obvious though, humans are stubborn creatures that rarely change behavior quickly, but we want to really like skate where the puck is going, not where the puck has been, right? So I want to expand on what I was talking about with that Energy 3.0 concept whether it's a ready to drink beverage or a ready to mix powder, or maybe even a pill or capsule, more consumers every day are looking for this like total package. That means being within the intersections of clean energy and performance energy, physical and cognitive performance, and also having a thoughtfulness to the overall ingredients within the product. So what am I talking about? I know it's always really easier to follow along, if I give some examples. And again, I'll utilize energy drinks for ease of understanding. But here's two examples that were on the top of my head. The first would be the C4 Smart Energy lineup. It utilizes a plant-based caffeine ingredient derived from green tea extract, but also includes Cognizant, which is an amazing mental focus ingredient that I love taking daily. Now the second would be the recently launched FitAid Energy Plus Sports Recovery drinks. These are naturally sweetened, contain 200 milligrams of caffeine that come from green tea, and packed with vitamins, electrolytes, BCAAs, and a few other things. Finally, I think we will see the same considerations play out in the ready-to-mix powders and the pill and capsule formats. Brands will continue to utilize those different formats for their unique benefits that might outweigh the other constraints of it. As an example, some nutraceutical ingredients might taste just absolutely rancid, so putting them in a capsule or pill format avoids the flavoring constraint. Or some nutraceutical ingredients aren't stable in liquids long-term and need hefty dosages to be efficacious. That would make ready-to-mix powders the ideal format for that new product development concept.